Welcome to What's That About with Joel and Tina. Hello, welcome back. I feel like I surprised you with that. The look on your face was like, wait, it's on me. Oh, that's me. <laughs> I'm, I'm first. I'm first. I'm first. <laughs> Next week, I'm going to make you say, What's that Ooh, about? Ooh, we've like, never done that. Never? Uh uh-uh. uh. No, I think we used to switch back and forth. Okay. But there's no evidence, so I can say whatever I want. Sure. And it might be true. <laughs> yeah. Right. Here we are in November. Right. Unbelievable. Is the year gone? The weather's still trying to hang on here. That's crazy. Well, that... Oh, I don't know if I should give into my cookie yet. <laughs> so my conspiracy theory... <laughs> oh, that's theory, right. We're a yeah. month behind. Yes. The conspiracy theory is that... We've somehow... The, like, because of the way the Gregorian calendar works yeah. and the way that the sun works, yeah. the seasons are actually just as long as they've ever been. They just start later and end later. And so they've just shifted... And so think about that the next time you think to yourself, man, when is this winter ever going to end? Because in Michigan especially, holy cow, it yeah. just continues. But it hasn't started yet. It's been on. So. It has not. Right. I mean, we had, what, a week or a couple days where it was cold and chilly, but then it's like, whoop, right back at it. Right. Well, the best conspiracy theories are the ones that are probable. <laughs> or at least make you go, hmm. Mm. Anyway, we're not here to talk about conspiracy theories. Though maybe we should start one, because, you know, anyway. Oh, you tried to just now. (laughs) What's that about? What What, what is is that? What is this conspiracy theory about? What is that about? (laughs) For every time, time, there is a season. Listen, the season. Wait, that's Ecclesiastes. We're not looking at that today. Right, they they just keep moving on. Uh, They're they're shifting. Uh, We're looking at Hebrews today. Oh, Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. Do you know that silly joke? Can you tell me that silly joke about the Hebrews? Oh, no. That's not my joke. That's not your joke? No. Isn't that your dad's joke? I don't know whose joke that is. It's uh, like, uh, did you know that Jesus drank coffee? It's like, because Hebrews. Hebrews. Or like <laughs> beer. Like, didn't you know Jesus drank beer in the Bible or something? It's not right. my joke. So. Right, yeah. So, wow. We're getting yeah. off track. Well, we haven't started yet, so. Oh, yeah. All right. But we are in Hebrews. Right. <laughs> we are in chapter 11. We are in verse. We're going to look at verse 6. six. So here we go. Here we go. Why don't you read it for us? All right, so you have NLT on your end, right? I do have a New Living Translation. So why don't I do uh, everyone's favorite NRSV? Everyone's? Everyone's. (laughs) And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would approach him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. So the, Love it. <clears throat> Makes sense. The NLT is slightly different. Okay. Um, and it's impossible to please God without faith. Those are kind of the same. They're yeah. very similar. Yeah. I think that there's like, there's a word in there that, that you didn't have. So anyway, anyone yeah. who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. Yep. And. And. That he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Oh. I think the word that in the NLT kind of like changes the whole paradigm. Because yours doesn't say that he rewards. It just says he rewards. Mm-hmm. And he rewards. And right. he rewards. Right. So, you know, here's the key thing about faith. So good definition of faith occurs. So it's given to us in the beginning of this chapter 
Hebrews 11.1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That's That's a very good definition of faith. You hope for it, you are convicted of it, you have a certain assurance of it, and you live by it. And we are introduced to Enoch. Enoch was somebody who lived in this manner. Um, so this is in the same chapter. So like yeah. in this chapter, right. there are several. Right. Abel. There's several who live Abraham, by faith. Abraham, Enoch. And so Enoch is introduced to us in verse 5. And if you remember, Enoch was somebody who just walked with the Lord. Just kind of disappeared. Yeah, one day he just wasn't around. Just poof. Believed to be one of the only two people in the Old Testament and New Testament who never died. The other one is? The other one is Elijah. Jah. Ja. Not Shah. Jah. Ja. Right. <laughs> if you remember that story, the Elijah and Elisha are together. Right. And uh, Elisha asked Elijah for a double portion. Now of, he's getting into the of weeds. The spirit. <laughs> And, uh, and, and Elijah says, not for me to say, but if you see me taking up, well, then you'll get it. And he saw these chariots of heaven and it was this amazing scene and he gets whoop, whisked away. Right. Next so time we see him, there's on the like this, this amazing scene yeah. with Elijah, but Enoch just kind of disappears. Right. He's just Poof. like one day he's there. Right. He just, just, he wasn't there. Right. But that leads us to this sense of faith. You know, Enoch here, he's, he, he's not a prophet. You know, he doesn't have this, like, amazing exit <laughs> with chariots of fire. He's just gone one day. And sometimes that's really what faith is, is this quiet trust, this quiet belief, this day-by-day thing that is not necessarily noticeable by the world, but God sees and God knows. You know, I think uh, one of the things that we struggle with is, like, when you read that uh, definition. Yeah. It's it's specifically about things we cannot see. Yeah. So it faith is something that cannot be verified because you don't have to have faith in something that's verified. You just know that it is. Right. So faith is a leap in some ways. Like it, right. it's some you, in some way yeah. it cannot be perceived. Right. But you act upon the reality of the unseen. Just like hope is something that you have not received. Because once you've received it, it's right. no longer hope. Right. Hope is like a desire for something you don't have. That you don't have. And that's, you know, so, you know, these uh, definitions are good because they kind of help us to understand a little bit deeper of what, especially the author of Hebrews talks about. Because it is easy to get down into the weeds in Hebrew because Hebrews, wow, it's it's an intense book of the New Testament. It is chock so, full of theology and Old Testament, and um, it's, it's pretty awesome. So I think one of the things I'm thinking of here yeah. is in the stories within the Gospels, yeah. the, the first four, there are demons who recognize Jesus sure. and know the, who he is. Like, yeah. they recognize him and they right. know who he is. Right. So... In fact, they, they said that they believe. Jesus says that they believe and they tremble. So he says even the even the demons believe. Right. Right. So, okay. But belief is different than faith in this case. Right. Because faith is to have this trust in. And certainly the demons don't have this trust in God. 
No. Right. And I think that's that, the like, the second part is yeah. that the rewarding of those who sincerely seek him. <sighs> yeah, they're like, they believe God, but <sighs> they don't believe the good of God. And they're certainly not seeking out God for guidance, strength, assistance, anything that or we... The, right. Like, they're not faith. seeking out the goodness of God. No. They're seeking out their own thing. Like, they, they see God as, like, a yeah. form of punishment or... Right. A, as a hindrance to right. what they what they want themselves. Right. You know, I think that that's probably, like, the, the big biggest thing. Because there is this whole conversation, um, and, and I think it's uh, Gennesaret, where the guy has a legion of of demons inside of him and they're like hey jesus don't just throw us away can we go on the pigs Mm -hmm. and he's like okay go in the pigs and so there's this kind of sense within that story like we know who you are we will obey you but you're hindering me from Mm -hmm. what i want to do and and i think that that's one of the keys within this verse like it if you want to be in relationship with god you have to believe not only that God exists, but that God wants good for you. Ooh. Right, and that's a huge leap. I mean, that's belief is the minimum here. That gets you in the door. Like, it, belief is just a thing. Like faith, like to believe that God exists. Fine. That's but that's bare minimum. But I think you have to have a, a faith in what God's character is, who God is. Yes, that you actually seek Him. And, and that's like the big step is that, that to say, okay, I believe in God. Okay, good. I have faith that God is, is once good for me. Good. But then it's this next step, this action step of actually seeking God. And um, that's a very significant step because it's not just a one-time thing. This is an active verb. And so it, it, it's a thing that we continue to do again and again and again, that we continue to seek God. So the question is, what does that actually look like to seek God? So I'm reminded of um, something that I've heard about visitation. You know, like people go and they visit those who are in distraught. Yeah. And the thing is, is and it's also true within mission work, and that may have been the first context that I heard this, is you never take Jesus into places. Like, you don't take Jesus into the bar. You don't take Jesus into... Because? Because Jesus is already there. Right. What you do is you point him out in the corner. You're yeah. like, hey, look, there's Jesus. <laughs> and so, like, like, we never take Jesus to people. Right. We never, you know, bring Jesus right. to some place. What we do, because yeah. God is there. Right. We, we seek him out. We and... seek his presence that's already there. Yes. I remember that as well from my uh, CPE training way back in seminary. Uh, 20 years, 21 years ago now. And that was one of the first things they told us. Training day one is, listen, you're not bringing God to the room. When you show up, God's already there. Right. Because I think yeah. it's, it's really easy, like especially when we're in a, a place of service and we, we aren't. Um, like we aren't, we're just getting into it. Like we're yeah. just getting into service. Yeah. There's this really like fun idea of like, oh, like me and Jesus are like locked arms and we're skipping down the street and we're going to go serve people and better. And, and you know, <laughs> it's, wow, that's I mean, I quite think, an image. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, that that's really common when you're first getting involved with mm. actually helping people. Yeah. When you're getting, it's like when you're, exciting. when you're moving into a place where you're, 
um, entering into new spaces that you potentially have non-believers or people who are down mm-hmm. on their luck or whatever it may be. Like it, it can be very like bolstering to your mm-hmm. to your ego to be like, I'm bringing Jesus. <laughs> and unfortunately okay. that's... So God's already here. God's everywhere. God's where we are. God's where we will be. God's moving in our past, our present, and our future. But so how do we seek God though? I mean, what does that what does that look like? What does that look like in practical terms? Does it look like prayer? Does it look like uh, guidance? Does it look like other people pointing God out? If seeking is an active thing, and that's the key thing, it's not a passive thing that happens to us is an active thing that we do to seek God that's already here. What are some other practical ways that we can think of that that is that reality? So specifically, yeah. what can you and I do? Or anyone. Anyone. Yeah, in the general sense. <clears throat> in the general sense. Like, how do you seek God? Right, right. Hmm. 